Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following program is a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcast Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com to learn more about this and our other weekly storytelling programs and become a patron today to show your support and get instant access to our extensive archive of downloadable ad-free tales of terror. Thank you for listening. And enjoy the show. Today's episode of the Simply Scary Podcast is brought to you by Audible, home of the world's largest selection of audiobooks. With Audible, you can take your pick from best-selling titles we know you'll love, like Stephen King's Outsider, Joe Hill's Heart-Shaped Box, and Something in the Water by Katherine Stedman, or countless others, all available at your fingertips the moment you sign up, ready to be listened to on your device of choice. I'll be back after tonight's second story to tell you a little bit more about tonight's sponsor, Audible. They've got exciting offers for those of you listening in tonight. Until then, stay tuned. The show is about to begin. to be unsettled. You've left behind your safe reality and fallen into darkness. There is no escape and there is no reprieve. Welcome to the Simply Scary Podcast, Season 3, Episode 9. I'm your host, Steve Taylor, host of the Daily Darkness Podcast, which is also available now from Chilling Entertainment. You can find more of our show and more of me on iTunes and wherever else podcasts are found or on the show's page at simplyscarypodcast.com. Tonight I'll be filling in for GM Danielson, and this evening I'll be your guide through the twisted worlds and disturbed imaginations of five amazing authors, as their tales are told by talented voice actors Lucas Webley, 
Olivia Steele, and Deanna Cagle. Tonight's tales deal with everything from unwelcome visitors and nightmarish meals to terror in the trees, aquatic atrocities, and monstrous matriarchs. Now, it's time for our descent into depravity. There's no turning back now. So take your seats in this, our theater of the mind. Get your ticket ready and prepare yourself. The show is about to begin. <laughs> in our first tale tonight, written by Greg Vara and performed by Lucas Webley, featuring Olivia Steele, we investigate something sinister, caught on surveillance at a local summer hangout. I present to you... The pool. I manage a residential pool near an elementary school. It only opens during the summer and it's been a big hit with families for what I'm told has been a couple of decades now. It pays alright and it's easy work. Hire a lifeguard, someone to replace the chlorine, and someone to fish out the crying kids that inevitably befoul the water. The pool itself is incredibly old though, and I think that's where most of the problems came from. The wooden fence around it was short and there were rocks all around it, meaning kids could hop it pretty easily. On busy days when they thought nobody was watching, young teens would hop over the wooden fence to get around paying the entrance fee. Little shits. I normally catch them and kick them out, but a few inevitably slip through the cracks. And the security system. Black. We lock up the entrance with a padlock, but that's obviously not enough to dissuade people from climbing over the pool's walls. That's where our security system comes in. We have a camera that's hidden away on the roof of the concession stand that picks up pretty much everything in grainy 1980s VCR quality. And as manager, it's my prestigious job to look through the tape every night. Worst part of the job, easily. I wish they'd upgrade the system, but the city hasn't touched the pool in 30 years, so I doubt they'd start now. I normally just sit down, fast forward through the night tape, and find nothing of note. There's a fair share of people who sneak in at night to have a midnight swim. I don't blame them. I'd do the same if I lived in the area. I do blame the older teenagers from the nearby high school who sneak in to have sex in the pool. Animals. I just hope the chlorine kills their chlamydia before the kids jump in the next morning and leave it at that. Except one day, about a week before it happened, I saw the silhouette of a guy crouching atop the fence. With the angle and grainy quality of the recording, I couldn't really see what he was doing there. He was just crouching, hunched over, his knees touching his chest, staring at the pool. I slowed the tape down, waiting for him to jump in, but he never did. He just stared at the pool all night, and then he was gone so quick that I didn't even see him leave. The next night, the same thing. Same guy, staring at the same part of the pool. Not so much as moving a muscle. The way he was crouching, holding that unnatural position for so long, it made me uncomfortable. But I showed the tape to my employees, and they both found it funny. I figured as long as he wasn't dumping any chemicals into the pool or setting up any video cameras to take pedo pics of the kids there wasn't much of a problem. I told him I'd keep an eye on it anyways. Maybe use it as an excuse to get the city to put some damn spikes on the wall. Some days the guy was there. Other days he wasn't. The day before it happened, the guy had brought a friend. Both of them climbed onto the fence and then just crouched there. I couldn't see their faces at all in the darkness. Only their crouching silhouettes. Watching it made me feel sick. I fast-forwarded through the entire thing. That afternoon I emailed the city. Requesting some added security and through some ancient, archaic methods converted the VCR video to something I could send them. When I got into work the next morning, a police officer was standing outside the pool's concession stand. She had a pencil in one hand and a notepad in the other, 
was scrawling down something illegible. I tried to move past her, not seeing what she'd want with the residential pool, but she stopped me as I was unlocking the door. You run this place? Sure. I turned towards the police officer, anxiety welling up inside of me. We're on the lookout for this girl. She showed me a picture of a blonde-haired kid with a purple bow in her hair. Sixth grade. Goes to the school around here. Did she ever come to your pool? I gave the picture a good, hard look. No, I don't think so. She's missing? Yeah. We just started looking. Give us a call if you see anything. Sure thing. I watched the officer leave and then stepped inside my pool and proceeded to clean it. Grabbed my net, got out some leaves, some dirt, but something was sticking out of the gun. It was a purple bow. I dropped my net into the water. My heart sank and then raced. I shook my head, steadied my breathing. I was nervous from the talk with the police officer, that's all. The tapes. I popped the tape in and saw an empty pool. Normal night, like any other. And then, in a split second, there were a dozen silhouettes all crouching on the walls of the pool, watching as a small figure thrashed back and forth in the deep end. It was a kid. She'd sink suddenly, forcefully, and then barely make it up in time for a short gasp of air before being pulled back down as if someone was beneath her. She kicked and screamed, her blonde hair clinging to her face as I saw something clench around her ankles and pull her back down. I couldn't move my hand to turn the tape off. The silhouettes of the men who had stayed so perfectly still before now swayed back and forth slowly. And then, in unison, their heads began to turn so that I could see their faces. Their noses hooked at odd angles. Their mouths curved into smiles. Their eyes bright and wide. (gasps) I jolted back, fell over on my chair. The girl didn't come up for air again. Her bow floated to the top of the pool. The silhouettes turned towards where the girl had struggled, leapt into the pool after her. Blood started to bubble up to the top of the pool. Then a hand reached towards the camera. And the tape ended. I cried and vomited for about an hour before phoning the police. I told them what I'm telling you. Though this version was a lot more neat and tidy. I wanted to snap the tape in half after I'd watched it, but I knew I would need it to prove my sanity. They haven't told me what they've seen on the tape yet. I don't know if they'll see what I saw. I'm scared that they won't. I'm scared of hooked noses and smiling faces. In my dreams, they wait on the roof of my house for me. My house fills with water. I try to swim up, but something pulls me back down. In our second tale tonight, written by Michael Ransom, again performed by Lucas Webley, we experience a camping trip gone horribly, horribly wrong, courtesy of some rather unusual, unexpected visitors. I present to you, Trees. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs 
or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When I was 14, I would go camping regularly with some friends, joking around and doing what kids do. We always camped in the same field, bordered by thin trees clustered tightly. We would often walk through the trees to scare ourselves, hiding from one another in an attempt to freak each other out. One Friday night, everything changed. The campout stopped following the events of that evening. And ever since that day, I've been terrified of trees after dark. Specifically thin trees. Thin trees never grow few in numbers, you know. They're always clustered tightly together, with just enough room for a person to walk through. I discovered that the hard way. It had been an ordinary Friday night. That day at school, me and my friends arranged for a last-minute trip to the field. Like usual, the plan was to try and terrify each other with our best retellings of true, creepy stories. That evening, someone told a story about the skin-takers. Creatures that, according to local legends lived in the trees bordering the very same field we were huddled in. Leaning in close, as children do, we hung on the storyteller's every word, but ultimately dismissed the story as fiction. After all, skin-takers weren't real. Everyone knew that. After the storyteller finished his tale, the night continued without incident, until two in the morning or so, when we began dozing off and decided to settle down for the night. By then, we had grown quiet, and, as could be expected in a field on the outskirts of an old mining village, silence enveloped us. That wasn't unusual. There wasn't much else around. That's when we heard the first blood-curdling scream tear through the silence. We all froze. Seconds later, another scream more piercing and sustained than the last filled the air. 
The screams continued for a long while, each one seemingly coming from a different location in the trees. After the first few minutes, we chalked it up to the other local kids, who were no doubt screwing around trying to frighten us. Our get-togethers weren't exactly a secret. And sometimes they attracted groups of kids from other towns. On more than one occasion, these others came by and joined in our festivities. On account of this, we thought nothing of going into the trees to try and find the jokers making all the racket. Big mistake. We shone the flashlights through the darkness and thought we caught the glimpse of shadows darting through the trees. So we headed off in their direction, expecting to find the others. We were beyond wrong. We didn't find anyone. Instead, we found ourselves in a small clearing that we hadn't seen before. That was when we saw them. The six blooded, flayed corpses surrounded by scraps of clothing. Then they came. The skin takers. They had been hiding amongst the trees on the edge of the clearing, watching us, wearing the skins of our acquaintances. By then it was clear to us that this was no joke. I wanted to sprint, but I was frozen to the spot. Then I noticed that my friends had run off and left me behind. I found myself alone with the corpses and the repurposed skins of neighborhood kids many of whom had regularly shared stories with us, but never truly joined our circle of friends. I wanted to run, but I couldn't. My feet felt as if they had been nailed to the earth. With every passing moment they were getting closer, until they were nearly upon me, I could smell their breath, the stench of death in my nostrils, their teeth, their claws. Then the most primal of instincts kicked in, and I bolted. They gave chase, and I sprinted through the trees, all the while I heard their teeth grinding in the shadows just behind me. I knew I was about to die. At some point I dropped my flashlight and exploded through the trees and brush, ignoring the branches and thorns tearing at me and my clothes. I had absolutely no idea where I was going, and I didn't care. Suddenly... I burst through the trees and into the familiar field. I emerged from the tree line bleeding, covered in bruises and scrapes, exhausted, but alive. And I realized they weren't behind me anymore. The authorities were notified, and the bodies were taken and funerals held, all of them closed casket. Police spent weeks combing the area, trying to find the people responsible for what had happened. But the case went cold. I never told anyone what I'd seen. Skin takers weren't real. Everyone knew that. As for me, I will forever be terrified of trees. Specifically thin trees. As I said... They always grow clustered tightly together, with just enough room for a person or something else to walk through. If you're camping and you hear screaming, do not investigate. Pack up your things and run.
I hope you enjoyed Trees by Michael Ransom. Up next, we've got another terrifying tale for you from author Chandler Drennan. But first, I'd like to tell you a bit more about today's sponsor, Audible. What would it look like if we all listened more? Listening to audiobooks motivates us, inspires us, even brings us closer together. And there's no better place to listen than Audible. Because Audible members now get even more. Exclusive audio fitness programs, audiobooks, Audible originals, and more. Audible has the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet. And now, with Audible Originals, the selection has gotten even more custom with content made for members. On Audible, you can choose from an enormous selection of existing titles, such as It, The Shining, and The Dark Tower series from the legendary Stephen King, not to mention the complete Blackwater saga from Michael McDowell and Bad Man, the latest long-awaited novel from Arthur Dathan Auerbach writer of the infamous Reddit No Sleep Pen Pals series. The classics are there, too, with collections of tales from H.P. Lovecraft, Richard Matheson, Bram Stoker, and many, many more. Whatever your preference, Audible's got your fix for terrifying tales. Not only that, but every month, Audible members get one credit good for any audiobook they choose, plus two Audible originals from a changing selection that they can't get anywhere else. They also get access to Audible Fitness and Health Workouts created exclusively for Audible. Plus, your books are yours to keep. That's right, with Audible. You can go back and re-listen anytime, even if you cancel your membership. Didn't like your audiobook? No problem. Simply exchange it. No questions asked. There's never been a better time to experience Audible and what they've got to offer. Start your 30-day trial today, and your first audiobook is free. You heard me right, absolutely free. Just visit audible.com slash scary or text scary to 500-500 to get started and let them know that Steve and the Simply Scary Podcast sent you. Once again, that's audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash scary, spelled S-C-A-R-Y, or text scary to 500-500 and start your 30-day trial and get your first audiobook free today. Thanks again to today's sponsor, Audible, for making this episode possible and for teaming up with us to ensure that you'll never run out of nightmare fuel. Now, without further ado, we've got another chilling tale for you to enjoy. So grab your safety blanket and snuggle up. Things are about to get diabolical. In our third tale tonight, written by Chandler Drennan and performed by Lucas Webley and Olivia Steele, we hear the tale of a young man and an unforgettable experience at a mountain cabin in which he discovers that contrary to the old adage, there's plenty to fear besides fear itself. I present to you, something came into our cabin. Growing up, I had a best friend, Michael, who lived next door. Our families had been neighbors since before we were born, so even if we didn't want to, we would have been made to spend time with one another. Luckily, we were quite easy to bond. His family would go to a cabin in the mountains. The mountains, of course, is what we called it, but the nearest mountain range was incredibly small. So it was much more notable as just being a forest. 
About 15 years ago, when we were 10, my parents allowed me to accept an invitation from Michael's family to join them on their trip that year. When the day arrived, we excitedly departed from our hometown and embarked on the nearly three-hour trip to the cabin. Michael and I were both elated that we got to spend a whole week together in the cabin just enjoying the outdoors away from society. It sounded way more enticing to ten-year-old me, I promise. At some point on the way there, I must have fallen asleep. Michael, Josh, we're here. Wake up, boys. <laughs> Come on, fellas, you don't want to sleep through all the fun, do you? I looked up to see Michael rubbing his eyes beside me, and the sight of the cabin's snow-covered driveway coming into view up ahead. Looking out of the window, I saw a vast blanket of fresh snow covering everything. It must have snowed as recently as that morning, at least five inches deep, too, judging from the snow amassed on the cabin's roof. The cabin itself, which was far smaller than I had expected, was entirely surrounded by a forest that somehow still managed to appear incredibly dense, despite none of the trees bearing leaves. As soon as the car was parked, Michael and I burst out and tromped through the snow, chasing one another and throwing snowballs. His parents took our bags and coolers of food inside and started making a home of the place while we stayed outside, <laughs> nearly until dark, playing in the snow. Hey, hey stop. <laughs> Did you hear that, Josh? Was that some kind of deer or something? I don't know. Maybe. I never heard one do that before, though. For a moment, then, we stood there in stunned silence before Michael's dad interrupted us. Boys, come on in. It's time for supper. We headed inside for the evening and didn't give the incident a whole lot more thought. After dinner, we sat in the living room area. Michael's mom tried to turn on a lamp to no avail. His dad joked about the place being cozy, but wired horribly. He started a fire in the fireplace, and we just hung out until it was time to wind down for the night and get ready for bed. Michael and I headed to our room, which featured two twin beds, a closet door that refused to latch, a throw rug, and a single window. Michael and I, being young and having slept on the way to the cabin, weren't really ready to sleep. So, as kids often do, we spent our time sitting in our beds trying to scare one another. Eventually, we started nodding off and decided to call in a night and went to sleep. Startled and wide awake, I tried to determine what the sound was, or where it had come from. For a moment, I thought I might have imagined it, but something woke me up. I bolted upright in my bed, and as I did so, I was fairly certain I saw something creeping out of my peripheral vision. It was a moonless night, however, and the room was nearly pitch black, so it seemed possible my mind was simply playing tricks on me. Still... I couldn't shake the feeling that something else was there in the dark besides me and Michael. I turned to the lamp. Nothing. I tried again. Nothing. Beginning to panic, I searched through the drawers in the bedside nightstand until my hands found a flashlight. I pulled it out and powered it up, placing my hand over the beam so that it shone through my fingers. 
I didn't want to draw too much attention to myself. I shined the small beam of light around the room slowly, fearful of what would be revealed in every next inch. Shining it on Michael's side of the room, I found him still asleep. I crawled out of the bed as quietly as possible, directing the beam at the floor. That's when I noticed them. Melting snow footprints, making their way across our room from the window. They stopped halfway through the room, upon coming into contact with the area rug. I woke Michael's parents up and told them that someone or something got into our room. They gave me the benefit of the doubt and rushed to the room to inspect. Upon their arrival, however, there was no trace of the wet footprints. It was as if they had dried up instantly. Michael's dad inspected the window and it was locked, and he surmised there was no way something could have gotten in. Michael's parents weren't mad, they just figured I had an active imagination. Everything's alright, Josh. It's just a bad dream, you know? Nothing to worry about. We're right down the hall if you need us. Okay, honey? I'm going now. Get back to bed. We got a big day tomorrow, alright? Okay. I'll try. See you in the morning. Good night. I curled up with the flashlight still in my hand in case I should need it again. Eventually, I got back to sleep and made it through the night. The next morning, Michael and I were woken up by his parents, encouraging us to keep quiet. All of her bags were packed and in the car, without so much as a chance to change out of her pajamas. We were rushed outside and into the car. Michael's dad was the last out of the house and into the car. On the way back, Michael's dad told us they had forgotten something at home, and that it was too much of a hassle to drive all the way back to the mountain just for a few days, so the trip was essentially over. I always thought there was something fishy about his story. This past Christmas, Michael and I found some time to hang out and catch up. Our families had gotten together in his living room and we were just discussing life and reminiscing over some drinks. The two of us brought up the cabin story. And, in an instant, his dad's demeanor became very serious. That's when he decided to tell us what he knew. Michael's dad told us that on the morning that we left all those years ago... He woke up at the first light of dawn and headed outside to collect firewood. Going behind the house where the forest was thickest, he spotted a trail of footprints of the snow coming from the woods, leading directly up to the window in mine and Michael's room. Footprints that didn't seem entirely human. What the hell? Whatever made them, he said, walked on all fours and had three long toes per foot. He circled the cabin looking for exit tracks and found none. He immediately rushed into the house, woke up his wife and told her to pack everything while he searched the house. Despite his efforts, he found nothing. Unwilling to take the chance that whatever had been in the house was still in there, he had us get out of there as quickly as he could. While Michael's mom was loading us into the car, he checked the house one last time. Upon checking our room, he found the closet slightly ajar, and just enough light shining in to illuminate. A sunken black eye, watching his every move. 
This is your host, Steve Taylor, thanking you for joining us for tonight's Celebration of the Sinister. Thanks again to today's sponsor, Audible, for their support of this show. Don't forget, as a listener, you can start your 30-day trial today and get your first audiobook free by visiting audible.com scary or by texting scary to 500-500. By joining Audible, you'll get instant access to the world's largest selection of sci-fi, horror, and paranormal audio content. And find out what millions already have, that once you experience Audible's unmatched selection, there's no turning back. And besides, what have you got to lose, except for maybe some sleep? <laughs> oh, that's okay. Who needs sleep anyway? <laughs> and of course, don't forget to join us again next time, when we once again dive deep into the minds of the most unsettling authors, and breathe life into the most unholy of horrors in this, our theater of the mind. Until then, if your lights suddenly go out and you find yourself chilled to the bone looking over your shoulder, there's no need to run for cover. You may just be experiencing the Simply Scary Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Steve Taylor, and you've been listening to the Simply Scary Podcast a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights, and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcasts Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com today to learn more about our network and our other amazing storytelling programs. Tonight's episode was written by Craig Roshek and performed by special guests Jason Hill, host of the Horror Hill podcast, and Otis Jiry, host of Scary Stories Told in the Dark. Visit us at ChillingTalesForDarkNights.com today to support this program by becoming a patron. In addition to helping us out, you'll get exclusive access to premium extended versions of our episodes, our audio archive, and ad-free downloads of all of your favorite stories, including those you've heard today. The host of the Simply Scary podcast is GM Danielson. Selected stories have been adapted with the kind permission of their respective authors. Original music for the program was produced by Luke Hodgkinson and Jesse Cornett. Sound design and final mixing and mastering are overseen by the executive producer and director, Craig Groshek, with production of individual stories by members of our talented sound design team. Artwork for the show's episodes by David Romero. For more information about the authors, performers, and artists involved in the production of this and our other episodes, visit our website today. Got a scary story of your own that you'd like performed? We take submissions. Email it to us today at submissions at simplyscarypodcast.com to have your terrifying tale considered for production in a future episode of this show. If you enjoyed what you heard on tonight's program and are joining us on your favorite podcast app, subscribe to us to be sure you never miss an episode and leave us a five-star review and a comment. Your feedback means a lot to us. You can also follow Chilling Tales for Dark Nights on Facebook to connect anytime and get the latest updates on this and our other programs. If you're listening on the Chilling Tales for Dark Nights YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button and the bell notification icon to get more spooky tales from us and another episode of this program each and every Tuesday. And don't forget to hit that thumbs up button and tell us how we're doing and leave a comment. Until next week, listeners... Turn off the lights and turn on the dark.
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.